Today is the ninth day of January. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian, and it is wonderful to be here squarely in the second week of a brand new sparkly year. So we are moving through our second full week in the Bible. And as I was, uh, was yesterday, I was thinking, I think I was talking about looking back and seeing just how far we've come already and how much the Bible has already begun to touch the places in our lives and give us clarity and direction. And so I'm grateful that we can be here together today around the global campfire and take the next step forward together. Our next step leads us back into the book of Genesis Back into the story of Abraham. Today, Genesis chapters 20, 21, and 22. Now Abraham moved on from there into the region of the Negev and lived between Kadesh and Shur. For a while, he stayed in Arar. And there, Abraham said of his wife, Sarah, She is my sister. Then Abimelech, king of Arar, sent for Sarah and took her. But God came to Abimelech in a dream one night and said to him, You are as good as dead because of the woman you have taken. She is a married woman. Now Abimelech had not gone near her. So he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And didn't she also say, he is my brother? I have done this with a clear conscience and clean hands. And God said to him in the dream, Yes, I know you did this with a clear conscience, and so I have kept you from sinning against me. That is why I did not let you touch her. Now return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you will live. But if you do not return her, you may be sure that you and all who belong to you will die. Early the next morning, Abimelech summoned all his officials, and when he told them all that had happened, they were very much afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham in and said, What have you done to us? How have I wronged you that you have brought such great guilt upon me and my kingdom? You have done things to me that should never be done. And Abimelech asked Abraham, What was your reason for doing this? Abraham replied, I said to myself, There is surely no fear of God in this place, and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she really is my sister the daughter of my father, though not of my mother, and she became my wife. And when God had me wander from my father's household, I said to her, This is how you can show your love to me. Everywhere we go, say of me, He is my brother. Then Abimelech brought sheep and cattle and male and female slaves and gave them to Abraham, and he returned Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, My land is before you. Live wherever you like. To Sarah, he said, 
I am giving your brother a thousand shekels of silver. This is to cover the offense against you before all who are with you. You are completely vindicated. Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his female slaves so they could have children again. For the Lord had kept all the women in Abimelech's household from conceiving because of Abraham's wife, Sarah. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age, at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. The child grew and was weaned, and on the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham held a great feast. But Sarah saw that the son whom Hagar the Egyptian had borne to Abraham was mocking, and she said to Abraham, Get rid of that slave woman and her son, for that woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son Isaac. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. But God said to him, Do not be so distressed about the boy and your slave woman. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you, because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I will make the son of the slave into a nation also, because he is your offspring. Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. He set them on her shoulders and then sent her off with the boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. And she went off and sat down about a bow shot away, for she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. And as she sat there, she began to sob. God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer. While he was living in the desert of Paran, his mother got a wife for him from Egypt. At that time, Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his forces, said to Abraham, God is with you in everything you do. Now swear to me here before God that you will not deal falsely with me or my children or my descendants. 
Show to me in the country where you now reside as a foreigner the same kindness I have shown to you. Abraham said, I swear it. Then Abraham complained to Abimelech about a well of water that Abimelech's servants had seized. But Abimelech said, I don't know who has done this. You did not tell me and I heard about it only today. So Abraham brought sheep and cattle and gave them to Abimelech, and the two men made a treaty. Abraham set apart seven ewe lambs from the flock, and Abimelech asked Abraham, What is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs you have set apart by themselves? He replied, Accept these seven lambs from my hand as a witness that I dug this well. So that place was called Beersheba because the two men swore an oath there. After the treaty had been made at Beersheba, Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his forces, returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and there he called on the name of the Lord, the Eternal God. And Abraham stayed in the land of the Philistines for a long time. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns, He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place 
the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, On the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. And Abraham returned to his servants, and they set off together for Beersheba. And Abraham stayed in Beersheba. Sometime later, Abraham was told, Milcah is also a mother. She has borne sons to your brother Naor. Uz, the firstborn, Buzz, his brother, Kemuel, the father of Aram, Kisad, Hatzo, Pildash, Jidlaf, and Bethuel. Bethuel became the father of Rebekah. Milcah bore these eight sons to Abraham's brother Naor. His concubine, whose name was Rumah, also had sons, Teba, Gaham, Teash, and Meakah. Matthew 7, 15-29 Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruits. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. 
Psalm 9, 1-12 For the director of music to the tune of The Death of a Son A Psalm of David I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. My enemies turn back. They stumble and perish before you, for you have upheld my right and my cause, sitting enthroned as the righteous judge. You have rebuked the nations and destroyed the wicked. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. Endless ruin has overtaken my enemies. You have uprooted their cities. Even the memory of them has perished. The Lord reigns forever. He has established His throne for judgment. He rules the world in righteousness and judges the peoples with equity. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Sing the praises of the Lord, enthroned in Zion. Proclaim among the nations what he has done, for he who avenges blood remembers. He does not ignore the cries of the afflicted. Proverbs 2, 16-22 Wisdom will save you also from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman with her seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. Surely her house leads down to death, and her paths to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain the paths of life. Thus you will walk in the ways of the good and keep the paths of the righteous, for the upright will live in the land, and the blameless will remain in it, but the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the unfaithful will be torn from it. Okay, so in the book of Genesis today, as we continue with the story of Abraham, and we remember he was Abram, and his name became Abraham when he entered into a covenant with God. His wife was called Sarai, and her name was changed to Sarah. And they were promised a child in their old age, a child between the two of them. Abraham had already had a son, Ishmael with uh, his wife's handmaid who had been given to Abraham as a wife. Her name was Hagar. And she and Ishmael get sent away today. Sarah's got a son now and she doesn't want anybody sharing anything with what is hers now. And so she's gotten quite territorial. These people are the patriarchs of the Hebrew people. Like This story of Abraham shapes the rest of the Bible, including the New Testament, in 
including the stories of Jesus. And so we can look back at the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and go, well, they had to be like one rung below Jesus. They had to be like extraordinary people who were pretty well righteous and pretty well blameless and pretty much didn't make any miscues or missteps or mistakes. What we're seeing, though, and what we need to see is that that's not true. They were human beings who made colossal mistakes. And God did not abandon them, but kept coming to, like, right the ship, correct the way, correct the trajectory, keep things moving forward, because he was inviting Abraham into a collaboration that would grow to eventually bless the entire world. And while God is perfect, people aren't. And God continues to work with whoever will work with him. And this is Abraham. And so we see all kinds of human things like Abimelech, the king of Arar, come and want a treaty and then some negotiations over wells and who dug this well and whose servants came and took over this well and this kind of territories. But then Abraham gets an invitation to do something that is kind of unthinkable. Take your son, go to a place that I will show you, and we remember, this is how God called Abraham in the first place. Go to a place that I will show you. A place that you haven't been before. And so God is inviting Abraham again to a place that he will be shown. But the mission that he is on is to, is to sacrifice the child of promise, Isaac. Which would have been disconcerting at the least... We put ourselves in this position where Abraham and God are now in covenant with one another and because of the covenant, nothing can be withheld from one another and God is asking for the son that he gave Abraham and Sarah and Abraham gets up to obey. And this is a super duper famous story and generally the way the story was handed to me like down all the way from Sunday school was that the objective in this story to look at is the faith of Abraham. And that is right and good and appropriate for Abraham to have entered into a covenant with the Most High God and for the Most High God to say, okay, I want you to give your son back to me. And for Abraham to get up the next morning and depart in obedience Believing that the Lord would provide some way, somehow, even if he had to slay Isaac, God would give him back. This was the promise. There was a promise. And so to trust in the promise and continue forward in faith, believing that this is going to be okay somehow in the end, would have taken a remarkable amount of faith indeed. And when we read through the text, it does seem like that's where Abraham, that's what he's trusting in, that somehow there's a missing piece to the story. 
somehow he's just got to continue to walk in faith and obedience and watch the rest of the story unfold. And that is indeed how the story plays out. Let's step back for a second, though, and at least acknowledge the reality of what we are discussing here, which is the sacrifice of Isaac on an altar to God at the hands of Abraham, Isaac's father. So as they're going to this place that they're going to be shown, and Abraham has a sense of what his objectives are, I don't, I mean, I don't even know how to think about it. That would have been quite a bit of wrestling. And this story actually is here for us to wrestle with and invite ourselves to consider what we are withholding that we think is more precious to us than our intimacy and union with God. But it's not just Christian people who would wrestle with the story. Jewish people have been wrestling with the story for thousands of years. There is a tradition that interprets the story as not so much the faith of Abraham, but the faith of Isaac. That Isaac is the one who has to die. That Isaac has the faith in this story and a trust in the promises of God that he is willing to submit himself to being tied up and laid down on an altar, expecting that he is going to die when the angels come for the rescue. And so uh, the faith of Isaac is to be considered in this story, that he is willing to submit himself to death to honor God, which certainly does resemble Jesus. I've heard another tradition that uh, that tells of Abraham actually sacrificing Isaac. And Isaac, Isaac is dead and three days later is resurrected. Obviously, that is a Hebrew tradition, but it certainly does resemble Jesus. Obviously, those details are not in the text. This is just the ongoing rabbinical wrestling with what is, what is the purpose? What is the meaning? What is the depths of this story? What are we supposed to get from this story that changes us? And the reason for this particular kind of imagining or considering of the story is that it doesn't seem like Isaac came back down the mountain after this event. Actually, from the text, the angel of the Lord calls to Abraham and says, don't do this. I see where your heart's at. You will be blessed. All of your offspring will be blessed. And then, and then as far as like coming down from the summit of this mountain, the Bible says, then Abraham returned to his servants and they set off together for Beersheba and Abraham stayed in Beersheba. There's no more mention of Isaac being with Abraham. There's another tradition that says uh, that, that, that Isaac was like traumatized by this experience, this near death experience. 
traumatized enough to that it changed him. And he didn't come back with his father. In fact, as we will see in the days ahead, Isaac goes to live somewhere else after this. He goes to a place called Bir Lahai Roy. And so rabbis and scholars have wrestled with how this all works and allows us to kind of look at it from a number of different angles, the faith of Abraham to believe in the promise of God, the faith of Isaac to submit and believe and trust even in the face of death and even submitting to death to trust in the promise of God. But also, we do go through things that change us and are difficult and are hard to understand if there is no long view. We're just trying to make sense of what has just blown up in our face and try to make some sense of it without believing that the story, the promise is true, is good. I have to keep going. I have to keep moving forward in order for this all to start to make sense. We can look at this from any number or all of these ways because they all apply to our own journey of faith. And we will not be able to escape references to the faith of Abraham on our journey both through the Old and the New Testaments. And so wrestling with or observing or paying attention to what's going on here is going to help us as we continue our journey through the Bible and allow the Bible to get inside of us and transform us. And so, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the comfort of it. We also thank you for the disruption of it. We don't like being disrupted. We don't like it when things don't go exactly as we wanted them to go. And yet life is shaped that way and we deal with these things all of the time. And so we thank you that your word also agitates and shakes us, shakes things loose, forces us to stay mobile forces us to stay alert and aware and vigilant. And so Holy Spirit, come and plant what we've read from the scriptures today into the soil of our lives and may it yield fruit, the fruit of the Spirit for your kingdom, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is home base, and that is where you can find out what's going on around here. The alternative is the Daily Audio Bible app, which you can uh, download from the app store that works with your device. And indeed, do that and, uh, and check it out. And while you're doing checking out things, check out the community section. This is where to get connected on social media, but it is also the home of an important resource in the community here known as the prayer wall. And uh, that is a always on, never off 
thing. So no matter what continent or time zone or part of the world or wherever we are, it's always there. And it's really, really good to know that it's there. Uh, because sometimes the bottom falls out of things. And sometimes we're uh, spinning and we're in the fog and we're not sure what's going on. And it's important to know that we can, we can share that story, knowing that brothers and sisters around the world will be praying for us and even letting us know. And so we can go there and share our story. It's also a place that when we're doing well and things are great, we can go there and we can see our brothers and sisters who are struggling and we can tell them, I know what it is to struggle. And I'm telling you, you're going to make it. Keep moving forward. You've got this. We're here. We've got you. We're in this together. We're praying for you. It makes a world of difference. And so certainly be familiar with the prayer wall, which can be found in the community section, either on the app. Like if you're using the app, you just push the little drawer icon in the upper left-hand corner. And that op opens up a little drawer and you'll find the community section in there. On the web, it's just right on the navigational strip up at the top. And so certainly be familiar with that and check it out. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, if this mission to bring the spoken word of God read fresh every day and offered freely to anyone who will listen anywhere on this planet, any time of day or night, and to build community around the rhythm so that we know we're not in this by ourselves. We are in this together. If that is life-giving to you, then thank you humbly for your partnership. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Where the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app, or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. And I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hey, Dab family. Happy New Year. My name is Annie, and I called a couple months ago in regards of my brother, Rowo Aracho, who, was who has been struggling with mental issues. And I asked you, please, to pray that God will touch his mind and heal his brain. And please pray for me, who who turns 10 in a couple of days that I can grow in the fear of the Lord because it is the beginning of wisdom. I will be calling in a couple months to, to tell you what God has done for me. Bye. I pray the blood of Jesus over the woman named Anna, who is a friend of Tom's. She has lymphoma, Tom and his wife love her. She's a sister in Christ. The doctors 
Hands will be guided by Jesus, the great healer of all. And Tom, I'm glad you called in for the first time after listening so many years because we are out here as a dab family. We do hear your prayers and we do wish for comfort, pain-free, healing of Anna through his mighty, mighty hands. In the Lord Jesus Christ's name I pray. This is Jersey Jane for Jesus saying amen and God bless and God bless my dad family. I love being here with all of you. It is uplifting. It is sometimes sad. But we are here together as a collective unit under the power of our mighty Lord. And I wish this in his name. Hi, my brothers and sisters. This is Prisoner of Hope calling. I'm praying for Dennis and his wife, Angie, whose 36-year-old daughter died suddenly. And um, it sounds like it was a crime, and they don't know what happened. Lord, you know what's happened here, and I just ask that you would comfort this family. I just lift them up to you, Lord, and just ask for your blessings to be upon them, that they would just know that you are there for them, that you love them, that you want to encourage them and comfort them. I'm praying for Emily in Seattle, um, just wants healing, um, and just things look impossible. So, Lord, I just pray for your healing hand to be on her life, Lord. I pray that she would look to you for all things, that you would be her everything, that you would satisfy her every need, that you would supply all her needs. I just pray that she would lean upon you for direction and um, that you would just, uh, just be a blessing to her, please. I'm continuing to pray for Mitchell and, and that... Um, Brian, you said that he wanted to kill himself, but he has a heart for people like himself. So, Lord, I pray that he would know that, you know, we always hear hurt people hurt people, but we also know that uh, people who of this nature can also encourage people. Hurt people can encourage hurt people. So I pray that he would do that, that he would find a ministry where he can do that, even in his brokenness, Lord, because you use broken people all the time. I also pray for... Uh, Brian and Kathy, Lord, that if you would please consider just uh, restoring their marriage and just uh, helping them to reconcile and work out their problems, and for her to have a heart that uh, can see change in this in in Brian and and in their life together, and I just pray for your hand to be upon all this in Jesus' name. I pray, Amen. Victorious Victoria, this is delights in me again for Victoria in Ohio. And I want to pray for you and your husband. Um, Lord, I ask that you help Victoria in this situation. She is feeling very stuck and is, is in such need of your help. Lord, I pray that you give her help, give her direction, put people around her to support her. Um, she is in such need of, of your help, Lord. And I pray for her husband that you convict him of his alcoholism. Help him to see that he needs 
you. Lord, I pray that you give him a divine encounter with you and um, just move him closer to you. Lord, help them in, in this situation that seems so hopeless. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that you sustain Victoria and um, give her endurance, give her strength to make the step in the direction that she needs to. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Victoria, I'm going to be praying for you. Love you. Hello, DAB. This is Alyssa from Colorado. I called in a couple weeks ago. I'm the pregnant woman who's on dialysis who was asking for prayer for my baby. And now I'm asking for prayer for me because I'm in the hospital um, with pneumonia and it's very dangerous for someone who's pregnant and on dialysis to have pneumonia. And I'm just discouraged because I know God has a plan and I know he's faithful, but I've been here a while and just I just not really improving very quickly. And I just want to get home. My four-year-old daughter is just... Her heart is broken that I'm not coming home. And I don't know. I just, I know God has a plan and I know he's got me, but I would just love if he, if I could get home soon to be with my other baby girl. Um, so if you just pray that my baby and I, my growing baby boy and I will be protected and safe um, from this sickness and that I'd be able to get home and reunited with my other, my daughter soon. Um, thank you guys so much. I always am so blessed by all of you and your prayers and your kind words. So thank you and love you all and have a wonderful day. Hi, uh, my name is Andrew Butler and I've been going through uh, a very nasty divorce. Uh, my wife's not a bad person, but uh, she's definitely dealing with a postpartum issue. Uh, long story short, uh, just a little over a year ago, we had a stillborn. And then four months ago, we were blessed with our, our baby boy, Forest and uh, our stillborn was a court incident. And when uh, Forrest was born, uh, they will be held him up, and he had a uh, knot in his cord. So uh, God allowed it to, to to be that he come out before that became a problem. And he's still a healthy boy, but uh, unfortunately, with this divorce, she's taken the kids and, and run from me. And um, I uh, I got good news from my lawyer that hopefully we're gonna. We're going to get uh, reunited here soon, and uh, it's been a struggle uh, trying to get things ready as uh, I was left uh, with nothing uh, from the marriage for the most part. And uh, I uh, reached out to, to the church, and uh, they've been so supportive. And um, I, last night I was actually at a Bible study, and we all joined hands in prayer. and. About 7.30, and uh, I guess about 7.30, the lady at the church got a call, and uh, they got a bassinet, a car seat, and everything else for me, so um, prayer works, and uh, I could just ask that everybody prays that uh, me and my children could be reunited here soon, and uh, God bless everybody. God is good. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.